And we're back on the Marty Party Podcast. I'm Jared Martinson, your host. Excited to be back and previewing another round of the NBA. I am joined by my good friend and colleague, Josh Towner. Josh, welcome back What's to the What's happening? Very excited to have you get your insight on some of the biggest Jimmy Butler news that's been happening. As a former Jimmy Butler owner, per se, that you are, you have somewhat of an inside look at him, and we'll get your thoughts on the trade situation. And then we'll dive right into some preview action of over-under win totals for the Eastern Conference, almost similar to what we did last year over the summer. Uh, so, But we will preview basically all 15 teams this year in the Eastern Conference. So we're excited to get underway, and I guess we'll kind of – yeah, Josh, how are you doing so far? What are you up to? You know, I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm i living in New York City, uh, living in Brooklyn. I'm taking classes in Manhattan at the King's College. And then I am uh, interning out at the Queen's Courier uh, in Bayside, Queens. So I am uh, living it up in New York City. Love it. Having fun out there, I assume? Absolutely. Uh, a lot of bad sports teams. I mean, the Yankees are good, but uh, two bad basketball teams, a bad mm-hmm. baseball yeah. team, two bad football teams. Uh, you'd say it's the height of sports. You know You know what's interesting is that Jimmy Butler could possibly end up on one of those teams that you're close to now, so you would not get a break from watching Jimmy Butler in person after you see him last year in a Wolves uniform in Minnesota and now – if he ends up on the Knicks or the Nets, he's right back in your vicinity. Until, and I'm at least totally okay January. with that. I think it'd be really cool for three years in a row to go to a home game and see Jimmy Butler <laughs> in three different uniforms. That's the last thing I would have expected. That is That must be some kind of record. Well, we will get underway now talking about Jimmy Butler and just kind of where this came from, this whole trade request thing. Um, obviously, there was some probably underlying issues regarding the hierarchy that and the team chemistry of Butler along with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins last year on the Wolves and it kind of bled into this summer but what what are you making of this Jimmy Butler trade request trying to get out of Minnesota after just one year uh, I think it's really weird um, I think there are a couple reasons behind it obviously everyone's talking about the cat Wiggins. Uh, those two guys, they're younger. That maybe their heads aren't in the right places. And Jimmy's, uh, he's got, you know, he's a competitor. He's out here to try and win a championship, and he thought Minnesota was the place to do it. Um, but I think what no one's talking about is, doesn't he want to get away from Tibbs? I, look at the minutes he's playing. I saw something that um, in what is it, the last five seasons or whatever, in terms of games he's played, he's played the most minutes out of anybody in the NBA. He's accumulating lower body injuries, and Tibbs is just working him. I mean, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm looking at the clock. I'm saying, I'm about 30 years old. I'm up for this big extension. I got to prolong my career here. And getting away from Tibbs is probably the easiest way to do that. Yeah, I I don't think he has a problem with Tibbs necessarily. I think he, he, I really think that it, this has nothing. The reason Jimmy's leaving has nothing to do with Thibodeau. The reason Wolves fans are upset has everything to do with Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really think that Jimmy, one, he wants to play alongside another established star, which is why he put out that list of cap space full uh, for options in the Clippers mm-hmm. and Nets and Knicks because the, if they unload enough, they could have spots for two max contracts next summer. But like, and yes, he wants to get paid. He's going on the onto the wrong side of thirty, um, and he's injury prone. But he he still will probably end up getting that money. Um, I I really think it came down to Towns and Wiggins just not being like minded with him, and that's the hard part about Jimmy is that he 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 was quoted earlier this year saying, "I don't understand like a lot something along these lines. I don't understand." why people don't want to work as hard as me, why people don't have the same work the same way I do. And that's admirable. It's a respectable mindset to have, but you're never going to be pleased wherever you go because no, nobody's going to have that mindset that is exactly the same as you. It's just, it's just not how, 
how people work. It's not realistic. So I am interested to see how he fits with his next team, whether it's somewhere he wants to stay or not, Like to see how he adjusts and how he plays, how he chooses to act. Because I honestly don't think that any team is going to be enough for him unless he goes to play with somebody like Kawhi or something. But then again, the rest of the team might not feel the same way he does about working and putting in time and effort and all these things. So it'll be interesting to, for me to see what his dynamic is with anybody else he plays with. I just think he's he's not he's not a player you can build a championship team around, and he's not he just not, doesn't seem like a guy that anybody can get along with either. Like yeah, he jokes around and everything. Tyus Jones is, seems to be one of his little buddies, and that's great, but. I, on the court, like he, he just his heart just seems hard to mesh with, and that that's at least the feeling I'm getting. And I think that's what Wolves fans are starting to see after um, hit some of those quotes that came out about him, along with all the mess that is ownership clashing with front office issues. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how uh, Jimmy's dynamic changes depending on which team he goes to. Hey, are we sure? That Jimmy doesn't want out of Minnesota just because he's tired of having D Rose on the same roster. Dude, I want to get out of Minnesota because we have D Rose on this roster. I mean, and I will go on the record of saying that. I, okay, so I look at Jimmy's list and it confuses me. Like, he obviously wants to play with another established star. Uh, and so he lists the Knicks and the Nets as teams to go to, but those teams are full of young guys. Neither of those teams is going to win more than, what, 35 games this year? I don't understand yeah. why he wants to go to either of those teams, really. I get that there's the cap space, but even so, you bring in one more guy, and I don't think that's enough to make Jimmy happy. I agree with you. I don't think there's any, like, one team, unless he goes maybe to Houston or like Golden State, but those obviously aren't really feasible options. Exactly. I'm. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what happens if he ends up going to Miami, which is now his preferred destination, according to sources. Um, whether he, he ends up there, and we'll get to that later. About we'll hit, we'll hit the trade machine and start running through some scenarios. But, yeah, I, I just don't know if he'll ever be happy wherever he goes. And... Um, which leads us into our next topic of how is this going to affect um, the, the Wolves roster right now, the Wolves dynamic right now as a team. Training camp has started. They have they are playing their pre, first preseason game as we speak against the Warriors without Jimmy Butler. He has not reported to camp yet. And I'm just interested especially to see how this Wolves team reacts, whether they would get something in return or not. Like if Jimmy Butler continues to be on this roster and not play, what is that going to do to this, like dynamic and this, uh, the mindset of this of this Wolves team? I don't think it's going to impact the mentality of the team too much. I would guess right now, especially with the way Andrew Wiggins and his brother responded, that that team is pretty much moving forward as if he's not going to be a part of the team. Um, it's almost like. Not, not a complete comparison, but it reminds me a little bit of when Kawhi was sitting out from the Spurs last year. Mm. And by the end of the season, they were like, all right, we're not going to have Kawhi. Let's just move on, put our heads down. We'll win every home game, and we'll lose most of the road games. But we're just right. going to play through. And I think that's what the Wolves are doing right now. They're just kind of holding themselves over. Um, you know, Cat signed the extension, so I'm sure they're <clears throat> all in on him. Uh, just to be the new leader of this team. And then I guess once Butler gets traded, they can be happy with the new reinforcements they get in that return. Yeah, I, I, I really am in the, mind, in the mindset of thinking that Cat and Wiggins are going to absolutely go ballistic this year. Just having that freedom, one less guy to, to dominate the ball. I, I'm glad. I, I'm not regretting the trade for Butler in the first place because at the time that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You trade away your guy that's coming off an ACL injury, a point guard who underwhelmed, and the number seven pick for a guy who's an established all-star and all-NBA talent and, a, and somebody you think that can lead this team. I, I'm not knocking the trade at all, but I'm glad that Butler's out because it, it, it's now that Cat and Wiggins ha, and the rest of the team have a taste 
and what the playoffs are like, what that atmosphere is, they can kind of start being like, all right, we've got a benchmark, we've got something to build off of, let's go to work and really figure the things out for ourselves and we can become the cornerstones of this team, getting max contracts and working things out. Um, I I really think that Wiggins especially is going to have a nice year, whether that is just more efficiently on offense, better shot selection, just shooting the ball gener- better, better in general. Um, he was abysmal from the free throw line last year and not very good from beyond the arc either. Um, but I think he'll get back to his slashing ways. If we can pair a decent shooting guard alongside him in the return we get for a Butler trade, um, I think I think that'll be really, really good for him. Uh, and, I, yeah, I, I agree that these guys are professionals and it's like they're getting paid to play basketball. They, they can shut this stuff out. But I really, really think that, especially when it comes to Tom Thibodeau and how he's been uh, involved in this along with Glenn Taylor, the owner, I just I just wonder how much of this can really be played through because obviously we're all human and they're going to – those thoughts can't just leave and be erased when it's happening around them. I'm just interested to see how that works with all this turmoil kind of boiling up until Butler's traded. What it, What is the performance level going to be like? What's the distraction level like for the Wolves? I definitely think that they can play through it. I don't think Tibbs can coach through it, though. Mm. I think he just, it's so obvious that he's lost control of at least the front office aspect of everything. I don't think he has the respect of anybody on the roster. I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone is really backing him at this point, except for probably Taj Gibson will. Right. And and I mean, Luol Deng does because Tibbs keeps getting. He Outside of that, all their, I, would, I guess, careers. Uh, I mean, Cat Wiggins, Jeff Teague, Ulyss, anybody else on that roster, I don't really think they have, I don't know, any more faith in Tibbs. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting <clears throat> to see how that, how that works, whether they listen to him, whether Tibbs is, even makes it through the rest of the season. Um Obviously, it'll be it'll be too late probably to fire him now and try to hire somebody else unless you come from within just on an interim basis, at least to begin with. Uh, but yeah, that'll be quite the storyline to follow. If or if not, Jimmy Butler gets traded in the near future. Um, but how about let's move the conversation to Tom Thibodeau just for a short minute. His whole running out to find Butler to convince him to stay one more time, even after he says that they're will- he's willing to trade him. Um, just the the committal the commitment to not move on what what the organization is set on doing in, in trading Butler. Um, I I just don't know how, and I don't I don't think Tom Thibodeau is a is a good coach anymore. I don't I don't think he can he can take credit for barely one win last year because of his coaching. I I think that. Pure talent won the, the Wolves 47 games last year. What do you think? I mean, what we see out of Tibbs right now is just the desperation stretch. Uh, you see every coach do it. I, I mean, I guess every established coach. Stan Van Gundy's last heave was to get Blake Griffin to Detroit. And Tibbs' last heave is to run out and try and catch Jimmy Butler and win him back. Um, and I think, I, I agree, I think this is it for Tibbs. I think, if anything, what did him over was the way he played guys on their minutes. And you saw it, I honestly, I think that's the reason he got run out of Chicago. Just we had so many injuries piling up and you look at all those guys and they're pretty much washed now after they go through the Tibbs system. And I don't doubt that he can maximize certain players when he has them, but that's partly because they're playing 35 minutes game against Sacramento in the regular season and it's just something you can't do as a coach in today's NBA the 82 game season it's long and everybody's talking about rest now and getting guys time off and Tibbs is completely against that notion of rest he's like the anti-Greg Popovich of resting players yeah it's there's a lot of things that are probably doing him in Outdated systems, your your theory about 
um, not even a theory, it's proven fact that he runs his guys into the ground. Um, but, yeah, all signs are pointing to this being his last season. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it as a head coach anymore. Um, yeah, I would agree. But we will, we will see about that. Now to the exciting part. You have spent hours laboring over the ESPN.com trade machine looking for the best deal the Wolves can get and and whoever gets Jimmy Butler, the best deal for them. Um, so th- start throwing me some scenarios that you've come up with. All right, so there's not a ton out there that I really like. Um, Minnesota's return is really not that good in most of these scenarios. Um, Miami, the preferred destination, I mean, really the only way it works is if Miami gets Jimmy Butler and uh, uh, Minnesota gets um, Goran Dragic or you get Hassan Whiteside in that deal. There's really, Miami's so strapped right now for cash. Even if Sacramento were to come in, uh, Minnesota would probably have to take back a bad contract. Zach Randolph, Iman Shumpert, maybe both of them if they're trying to unload Gorgie Jang's contract in this deal. Um, so Miami, I really am not high on them. I don't think the Knicks can do it. They don't really want to give up any of their assets, I'm sure. They don't want to give up Kevin Knox or Frankie yeah. Nitty. And those guys should be untouchable. Yeah, those going, guys going are. Back to Miami, going back to Miami quick, uh, did you find anything about that could maybe work in Josh Richardson? Because Josh Richardson, because I know that's been the guy that most Wolves fans and writers have been, have been coveting um, with his two way ability and just potentially. And he's on a cheap contract as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's would on just nine million. Be, would that that would just have to be more uh, money taken on by the Wolves in other areas? I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I hit start over on the trade machine today, trying to get. <laughs> Richardson, and even if you combo like Justice Winslow with him, right, trying to right. get those guys over, and it's really difficult to get the salaries to match, not even on Minnesota's end, but on Miami's end is the hard part because they have the highest payroll in the league or close to it, yeah. and that's they Which can't be making for trades. how mediocre they are. Yeah. What else you got? Um, I looked at Brooklyn can do some interesting things. If they put Karis Levert on the table, I've seen the right. reports that said they're not. I can't believe he has That's ridiculous. Yeah. Karis Levert is a role player at best. You can definitely trade him for Jimmy Butler, who, when he's healthy, is a top 15 player. Um, so here's a scenario. Uh, Jimmy Butler goes to Brooklyn. You'll have to take a contract back. So you can get one of Brooklyn's two firsts this year, and you can get Karis Levert, and you can get... Demar Carroll, what do you think of that? I don't hate it. I I think Carroll can help a team even in his contract. I think he's expiring um, this year too. Okay, that then that makes it even better. Um, Carroll off the bench as a defending wing would be nice. I like Levert. He can. He's starting to become. He's he's long. He's a, he's a solid defender. He he can shoot it a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to him. Um, all right, here we go. Here's, so, here's I mean, another addition still a to that trade. Underwhelming. You want to get rid of Gorgie, too? I would love to. Because you can get well, rid of Gorgie if not, you take not as a on, person. You can get rid of Gorgie's contract if you take on the expiring Kenneth Fareed contract in that trade, too. Oof, that's that's tough because Kenneth Fareed just... Is bad. He, he, he's, he's, he's bad, yeah, and he's <laughs> not going to play. He, he, he serves just about no purpose in this league anymore and that's harsh but his purpose is to help unload other bad salaries yeah he, he is simply a trade piece um i would rather keep gorgie and move on from somebody else if that became the case but i don't know the other yeah the brooklyn just seems still still seems pretty underwhelming to me their mm-hmm. first round pick might be somewhat valuable this year but i think they're gonna be better than they were last year i mean they have two firsts so they can afford to give one up i'm not sure who's the other one is sure. um but they, they do have multiple firsts they can give up. Uh, here's a deal. Uh, you can get rid of Jimmy and Gorgie in a trade with Charlotte. You get back Nick Batum and Malik Monk and Willie Hernan Gomez. I don't hate that because Batum basically... Batum's on a brutal contract for mm-hmm. how he's been performing the last two years. 
but um, and he's pretty injury prone. But he could be a good stopgap for for Monk to become that that next guy. Um, I don't hate that. Uh, honestly, that's not bad. Willie Hernan Gomez, it's fine. I just I just would rather not add another center. Mm-hmm. Um, but if yeah, if that's what it, if that's what it takes to make the contracts work, then yeah, and I mean you're on you're unloading Gordy's contract in there too. Right. I think that's a right. big thing for the Wolves that they should be trying to do right now. Yeah, they've still got um, two, three more years on that deal. Uh, the deal that I think they should do is just a, it's a straight up trade Jimmy to the Clippers for Tobias Harris and Jerome Robinson. Oh, I love that deal, and I think. Both teams should do that. I agree. I think that'd be a no-brainer. It should be a no-brainer for both teams. Well, well you think about it for both teams. The, the Wolves are getting back Tobias Harris, who's a proven wing who can mm-hmm. do a lot of different things. He is expiring. He's efficient, too. Right, he's efficient, but he is expiring, and we'll be looking for a bigger contract. But if we can... I, I don't know. I, if we had the money to sign him back, I would... Love to sign him back. All right, Tobias Harris is one of my favorite players in this league. And then Jerome Robinson can obviously become something too, a lottery pick himself. Um, and then when you look at the other side, the Clippers are getting Jimmy Butler. Yeah, exactly. Even, like they're giving up an expiring for an expiring and basically just a first-round pick that they might have even stretched for. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then that Jimmy becomes one of their max slots and they can sign another one next year. I, I I think that's a great deal for both a good deal for both sides. Just about as good as the Wolves could get in return for how how little leverage they have at the moment. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely my favorite out of all the ones I have written up here. Uh sure. I got a couple other crappy ones that we could run through. Um yeah. Indiana. Just for entertainment. Indiana. Yeah, just to Indiana. You don't like you hate the return. You hate the return. Get uh, Bogdanovich, Sabonis, and TJ Leaf. You hate the return. Oof. I mean, Bogdanovich is not bad, but I don't. Bogdanovich think is, he's is good, but not the, not great. the centerpiece you want in a trade. And Sabonis is is and maybe a pick player. gets thrown in there too. Yeah, maybe Indiana's maybe a, a protected a protected pick possibly becomes an option. Uh, yeah, that's that's underwhelming. Um, I, I just wanted to see how it worked. With Portland, just to see I what like could that. happen, it's not good. It's really not good. Yeah. Unless you're getting back, you're not like getting McCollum McCollum or Lillard. Back. You're not getting McCollum back, though. If you aren't getting either of those guys back, you have to take Evan Turner's contract. Ooh, and yeah. nobody wants Evan Turner's contract, especially nobody wants Evan Tur- Nobody wants Evan Turner. And I mean, then you could throw yeah. in like Zach Collins and their first. Yeah, but. I'm a fan of Collins. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting if you if you could even sweeten it with Aminu. Uh, as well. Yeah, I'm sure that that could make the contract um, work. That that might be interesting, but my guess is that the Wolves wouldn't take back anything less than McCollum. So mm-hmm. those, yeah, those are those are a couple of nice. Uh, I tried really scenarios. hard to get Houston to work, and yeah. I'm not enough of a wizard to get Jimmy Butler to Houston without them giving up uh, either Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker, and I doubt Houston's going to want to do that. Eric Gordon has been rumored to be a centerpiece, maybe, but I, I don't think the Wolves would do that. Taking on a guy who's a little bit older, expires after this year mm-hmm. or next—I can't remember which—and just is is really more honestly probably a system guy that is just becoming really really efficient. Yeah, in the Rockets' offense. So yeah, I, I if Houston ends up being the offer that the Wolves take, I'd be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I, speaking of you, you said wizard, and my my ears perked. What what I if if the Wizards are willing to offer up Otto Porter, I think that is the deal. That really, you do it? I would absolutely do it. I know I know Porter's making twenty five million a year. Yeah, Porter's like twenty five or twenty six. That's ridiculous. But, that Porter's making more than Jimmy Butler. That is ridiculous right now. But I I think that Porter is a good pairing next to Wiggins. He's long. He can defend the best wing, and he can shoot it. He can. He's the. He's your corner shooter that you need on on that side of the ball. You don't. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He's he's a, a very solid defender at six foot eight. I I think if you could take him on, and uh, maybe find a third team to dump a contract on to, to lose a little trade, bit of cap space. I'm trade Gorgie for Jan Mahinmi. Uh, I'd rather keep Gorgie. Thank you. Um, 
Because then you have but, a playable yeah. sixteen playable sixteen million right, dollars. Right. Pl- yeah. At least at least uh, Gorgie has a c- contribution to the NBA society. <laughs> um, but I think the, that that would be an interesting deal to jump at. Maybe or Gorgie will show to up to games uh, in the jersey, not just in a suit. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgie uh, has legs that function. Is is I think I think the key. I think he has two knees actually, which is. Big step over Yamahimi. Notoriously, only has one kneecap. So, yeah, yeah. His name is also Jan when it should be Ian. So, there's that. That's too. probably the worst part about him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I wouldn't disagree. All right. Well, we've just hashed out a bunch of Jimmy Butler trades, and a lot of them were with teams that we will be talking about, including Miami, New York, Brooklyn, Washington, even. So let's dive right into it. We are going to hit over-under marks for win totals of the Eastern Conference, starting from the bottom, and now we here. Let's roll with the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks' current Westgate number is 24. Josh, what are you taking, over or under? I'm taking the under. They had 24 wins last year, and they downgraded in uh, coaching staff this year. Mm, yes, I think Trey Young's there, but Trey Young is worse, definitely than um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Who is the Hawks point guard that got traded? Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, he's Trey Young right now is definitely worse than Dennis Schroeder. So I think there's no way, even if John Collins gets better, there, there's no way they have nothing to play for and everything yeah. to lose for. Atlanta's not winning 24 games. I will take the under on that as well. Not by a lot, because I think Torian Prince and John Collins are both actually like very good players. And I like, 22. I, I, yeah, I would, I would think around the 21 or 22 range. Um, I really, really like Prince. I really like Collins. Um, depending on how much time the vets get, Bazemore is still a contribution. Uh, a guy that can make contribution. He, 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 he's probably a candidate for a buyout or a trade by the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Lin's on that team now. He'll probably start first, give Trey Young a little bit of time to breathe and get accustomed to the NBA level. But, yeah, I, I'll take the under as well. Um, next, the New York Knicks, 28 for an under. And keep in mind that Christoph Porzingis still is not officially going to be back in time or even maybe at all for this season. So 28 over or under, Josh, for the Knicks. The Knicks won 29 games last year, and I'm going to take the over. Ooh. I'm taking the over. I think they're going to win exactly 30 games this year. Even though Chris Stops is out, I think Kevin Knox is really good. I think he's ready to play. I think Frank's going to step forward. I think Fisdale is going to bring some culture to that team that they just haven't had. And I know that's Fizz's thing. It's the culture. And I think that that team, they just have enough scrappy guys. Courtney Lee is still there. Tim Hardaway is still there. Those are fine players. And I think they're going to do enough to get to 30 wins. They're not going to be blown out as often as they were last year. Interesting. You know, I'm going to go with – uh, the just a hair under. Uh, it's it's that's that really is honestly about exactly where I would have put them twenty eight, but I'm gonna put them at twenty about twenty six and a half or twenty seven. Yeah. Um, and I would I would put them at more, but they haven't officially bought out Joe Kim Noah yet. So when they do that, that'll automatically jump them about ten wins. Um, so we will be on the lookout for that announcement. But until then, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the under. Um, if Porzingis doesn't come back at all, honestly, I don't think that's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, the only bad part about that the only bad part about that would be uh, contract negotiation as this is his last year of his rookie deal. Yeah. Um, you, won't, you won't really know if, if you end up giving him a max, if that ends up being worth it or not with his injury history. But I, I don't think it's a, a bad thing for him to sit out. Um, I like Knox. I love Frankie Smokes. I think he'll have a, have a nice year. I think he, he's going to come a long way offensively. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm taking the under on, on the Knicks. Uh, 
let's jump right along to your Chicago Bulls. All right. The Bulls. Bulls. 30 and a half. 30 and a half. Is 30 and a half for their over-under. I'm going to take the over, and I think we're going to win 32 games. I, I think that's it's a pretty – Very yeah. slim over. but Very slim over. Yeah. I mean, we won 27 last year, and uh, we got – just better this year. I think Wendell Carter is good. I think Chandler Hutchison Big will be Wendell pretty Carter. good. And I'm not hot on the Jabari Parker thing, but right. I mean he's a good player. And yeah, he's even if he gives us, you know, thirty games before he gets hurt again, <laughs> I mean we're gonna get to thirty wins. I think if we got twenty seven last year and you look at this roster compared to last year's, did we get three wins better? Absolutely. Right. I think that's fair. I, I'm really I'm taking a high over on the Chicago Bulls. Even though it was just announced that Markinen's out for six to eight weeks with a hand injury, I, I believe. hate to see it. Elbow sprain. High elbow sprain. Elbow sprain. And it's immobilized too. He can't work out or shoot with it. Mm, yeah, that'll that'll take some time to get used to. But um more minutes for uh, crazy eye Bobby Portis is yeah. uh, likely what's gonna happen. Uh, see if he fights anybody this year. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I'm taking. I'm, I think the Bulls are going to win about 35 games this year. I think that's about their ceiling, um, and that's probably probably good enough for a tenth tenth place finish in the in the mm-hmm. East. Um, so I'm I'm big on the Bulls this year. I, I really hoping Chris Dunn can take another step forward and just be more consistent. Now he doesn't have to do a lot. I don't think. No. Um, but just has to play defense and facilitate. Exactly, and um, well, yeah, we'll see if that twenty million a year is worth it for Zach Levine as well. But uh, I'm interested I, to I see think... a full season of Levine. I right. mean, we did not see a whole lot of him last year. We shut him down early. We started him late, and uh, I mean, he he was rough last year. There were some big dunks, a couple high volume scoring outings, but he was pretty underwhelming last season. I'm interested to see. What he gets with a just a regular off season, no rehab. Mm. I just hope he can get some buckets. Do you think Jabari Parker can play small forward? No, I don't think he can. And I interesting. I want to believe he can, but I have this vision of the future where the Bulls are playing this lineup that's like Chris Dunn, Levine, Jabari Parker, Markinen, and Wendell Carter, and it just horribly. Horribly underwhelms, just because three of those guys are trying to play the same position. Mm. They're like Carter and Markinen and Parker. I think they're all going to try and play power forward together. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, power forward is only one position, as we know. That, that it is. That I think that's proven fact. Yeah, and hard to have three guys doing the same thing. Yeah. All right. The. Cleveland Cavaliers, who sit at 30-and-a-half as well for their over-under. What's your take, Joshua? I'm going to take the over. Good, good I'm call. I'm taking the over on Cleveland, and I'm a little bit worried about it. I think this team is a candidate for uh, having a players-only meeting before too long <laughs> in the season. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're paying bad players too much money. But I looked at LeBron's win shares was 14 last year. And they won 50 games, so now they're down. That would put them at 36. And I think that they have enough veteran savvy to make up those six games between 36 and 30 and a half. So I don't think they'll be very good, but I think they just have enough experience combined out of all those guys that they'll get by. I'm really hoping to see Minnesota Kevin Love reemerge. Um He's he's their highest paid player now. He's their probably he's their best definitely player. definitely their best player. Um, I think that Cleveland's going to be actually an exciting team. With uh, I think I think Lou will end up kind of delegating minutes to his young guys, like the J.R. Smith mm-hmm. will kind of be shoved under the rug. Honestly, um, maybe Rodney Hood maybe, will maybe actually play. Rodney Hood will actually probably be playing. Colin Sexton will big get a lot Chetty of Osmond season. Oh, oh, Chetty is going to go crazy this year. We are all witnesses to to the greatness of Chetty Osman. He worked out with LeBron and Kawhi. Don't forget that. That's a big deal. 
Um, I'm taking the over on the Cavs as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is about a 33-win team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, honestly, it's going to be it's going to prove – we're really going to see how good of a coach Tyron Lue is and how he can develop these guys, um, these younger guys, and kind of get, get their lineup going. What, what, do you, what would you predict their starting lineup to be? I've, on opening night, Colin, Colin, it's going to be Sexton, Sexton. And I think on the opening night, it's going to be Sexton, J.R., Osman, Shetty, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. Tristan, Tristan Thompson, probably. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those guys that basically have created a career off of playing with LeBron James, mm-hmm. guys like Thompson and uh, and Smith even, um, to see how they play outside of him and just not having that gravity of being a, a, just a, a plaything of LeBron James. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking the over on Cleveland as well. Uh, stunningly, I can't believe this is what, where it's at. I'm taking a hard under. But Orlando Magic, 31 wins. That's the easiest under on this entire <laughs> list. I'm looking at it, and I spent a long time looking at this list. And, I'm, and these most of these are hard because that's like spot on where I would put a lot of teams. Yeah. And Orlando at 31, they only won 25 last year. And they had everybody making every three-pointer for the first month of the season last year. Right, right. They're definitely not going to have that this year. I mean, they're not six wins better. I mean, I think they're going to win about the same, probably 20 to 25 games again this season. Yeah. I'm taking hard under on them. Um, they don't have Shelvin Mack anymore. Who's going to throw the ball No, they're, they're leading assist, man. Uh, who's going to replace those 3.9 assists per game? I uh, I am really again not high on Orlando. I think uh, Steve Clifford will make a difference coaching that team. That he's going to get them. I'm I'm actually interested to see how how their defensive scheme works. Having like five guys on the floor that are all six foot ten and play center. I am excited um, about that. Um, but yeah, they've they've just got a they're like the old tanking seventy sixers with mm-hmm. like. Every, every so two-thirds of their roster at playing center. Um, I do have but, to say, I think with Orlando's team, I think they're going to destroy the 76ers in at least one game this season. Just mm-hmm. If you look at, I mean, I'm looking at this team, I'm thinking they can just basically lock everything down and force you to shoot outside. Right. And, I'm gonna, and, and just Philly is that team that I don't think can shoot threes at all. And I think there's going to be like at least a 35-point blowout or something like that, just Orlando. Interesting. And Philly's going to be crying about it because it's Philly. And I'm excited for I, that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to circle I'm Magic Sixers on the calendar. <laughs> I am, I'm ready to see what lineup Steve Clifford rolls out first, whether he's going to go with a bunch of vets that he's got because he's, he's been he's that play kind point of coach. Guard. So Jameer Nelson? Oh, my gosh. Do they have are, Jameer? Are we... Are we are we transporting back to 2009? I want to think about um, this. Is it is it Jameer Nelson, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon pretending to be a small forward, and then Jonathan Isaac Mobamba? I would say that Mobamba does not start the first game. Vooch is out there. I think Vooch, Vucevic is going to be a starter. Um, they have Moskov, to too. With. Oh, gosh, Moskov. I don't know. I, um, feel, like, I feel like they're just trying to pick contract. up all these bad post-contracts. Yeah, it's. I can't wait till those roll out. Actually, I bet DJ Augustine. Oh is yeah, the starting point guard. That's I've, I Orlando. confused him with Jameer Nelson since they're pretty much <laughs> they're the both, same player. They, yeah, they both have RFD as well. I would just like um, to to point out as well that the Orlando Magic are over the luxury tax threshold. Oh, well, that is that is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got your favorite guy, Jerry Grant. Maybe he's just a starting point guard. I forgot about him. I had to block him out of my memory. Intentionally yeah. forgot about him. Although well, now that although I have to say, team as well, and Terrence Ross. I gotta say, now that we have Cameron Payne firmly cemented as our backup point guard, I miss Jerry and Grant. That breaks my Man, heart you to really say that. I really don't like Jerry Grant. I really you don't, don't like. I really don't like Cameron Payne. No, Man. because Cameron Payne is not an NBA level point guard. Which is amazing that the Bulls chose him because there are plenty of backup point guards you can grab in free agency. Okay, we won't. Let's talk about Brooklyn. Uh, 
I th- yeah, I think we're, we're, we're taking the under on the Magic pretty heavy. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, 32 wins over or under? Taking the under. Ooh. I know, I know a lot of people like Brooklyn, and I like Brooklyn too, but I look at this team, and I think they are licking their chops knowing they have their first-round pick. I think we're going to see some serious tanking. It's a better opportunity. Because now, okay. I mean, for the first time in the past, what, five years, they'll get to tank and be rewarded for it. And, I mean, Brooklyn's been missing out on that game. Phoenix has been doing it for years. But, I mean, Brooklyn, get excited because losing games matters this year. <laughs> okay. I, I I see your point. I, I don't hate the motivation. And But honestly, like, they're in kind of a funk where they have to decide if they want to pay these young guys that they have that haven't really panned out to max level. Like, what's D'Angelo Russell going to make on the free agent market? I have no um, idea. I, I could see him being a Levine-type guy um, in that range, which is still overpaying for him. But um, I don't know. I'm interested to see uh, what, what the behind-the-scenes kind of is for that team. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is another guy like that. Um, what are, what are they going to do with some of these young guys? Um, but and they're they're still paying Allen Crab, one of the more hideous contracts in the league. Um, but I I, I am a fan of Jarrett Allen. I am mm-hmm. a fan of Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh yeah, they've uh, got plenty of fun pieces. I think that I think they're going to win some games. I'm taking a very very slight over. I'll say 33 or maybe 34 wins for that team because they just play hard. I wrote, a, I wrote a piece last year for my blog titled The Brooklyn Nets Are Going to Be Better Than You Think. And, uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, you going to write it but, again this year? You know, if it means more Timothy Mozgov, uh like three-point gifts that I, could, that I can create, I'm all in. If I can create gifts of positive things about the Brooklyn Nets, my life will, will have some satisfaction in it. Uh, but... I'm taking a very slight over. I'll gamble and, and, and take the over on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Charlotte Hornets will jump to them. They are at a firm 35.5 for the over-under after winning 36 games last year. What are you thinking about this team? This might have been the hardest pick out of all of these mm. over-unders for me. Really? They won 36 games last year. They're projected 35.5 now. And... Uh, Honestly, I think they've won 36 games every season for like as long as I can remember. Since they became the yeah. Charlotte Hornets again, I'm pretty sure they've won yep. 36 games every year. I have them at the over. I think a coaching change, just a change of pace in general, I think will be yeah, welcome like to that team. I like Steve Clifford, but obviously it wasn't working out. I yeah, they need a new, a new voice. Up. Yep. That's fair. Um I'm going to take the – oof, man, this, this you're right. This is hard. Uh, I'll take the over as well. I'll take about 36 or 37. Okay. Yep, 37 um, wins. That, that's 36. what I, I'm thinking. I, I think everyone loves Kemba Walker. I'm not a huge fan because he, he just doesn't seem to, like, take them to that next level. Like, like he doesn't seem to have that next gear. Like he's very, very good how he is, but I, don't, I just feel like he's he's topped out, topped himself out. Um, always been a fan of uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Shout out to Grant Tyler and Sam Huffman. He they stand for him uh, as much as they can. Uh, big MKG fans out there, but uh, I, th- that team can't really can't shoot the ball. I, I do think Jeremy Lamb is poised for a big year. Nobody talks about him much, but. Uh, he he could be in for a big year, and who knows what Malik Monk will do. Don't forget about uh, Miles Bridges. A, Oh my gosh! Did you see those putback dunks? I did. That's why you game? can't forget yeah, about him. Very exciting. I'm a big. You fan. know who else you can't forget about on that team? Bismack Biombo. Can I choose to forget about him? Hey, big trade piece for them. Big yeah, big another, trade another piece. gigantic contract and, that nobody wants. Yeah, I mean, here would you rather have Dwight go. Howard or Bismack Biombo? That is a question I cannot answer at this time. Hornets answered it. They wanted Bismack Biombo. You are correct. And that's why they're going to win 36 <laughs> games this year and 36 games for the rest of time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yep, yeah, slide over on the Hornets. Um, 
Detroit Pistons 38. This is an interesting one. Actually, I think this is really interesting that they they low they were lowballed like this. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty firm on the over on this team. I think they win. As am I. Not a lot more, but a couple more. Last year they won 39 games, and they had. It didn't feel like they won 39. No, games. it didn't feel like it. They only had Blake Griffin for part of the season. I think he'll mesh a little bit better there, even if he doesn't stay healthy because he probably won't. But I think Dwayne Casey is fired up. Same. He is going to coach the heck out of this team, and they're going to win more than 38 games. I agree. I'm taking about between the 41 and 43 range. I'm mm-hmm. going way out there. Um, they're probably still around the eight seed in the East. Yeah. Um, which is what they'll pan out as. They'll, they'll probably top out as. Um, but I, I'm excited to see Casey work with a guy like Griffin. Um, Casey got to work with Kevin Garnett for a, a couple years mm-hmm. when he was in Minnesota. Uh, kind of that same playmaking Six foot ten forward kind of guy that you can work with you can do a lot, be really dynamic, work on the block, work from the perimeter, has a decent mid range shot. I think that'll be an, an interesting comparison to make. Uh, just hopefully Blake can stay healthy and Andre Drummond is obviously a good player. We'll see if he can gel with Reg, those guys can gel with Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. again with him being healthy. And we know uh, Casey, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, we know he's going to be able to get the most out of their bench guys too. They've got some interesting role players like Stanley Johnson's there. Yep, and. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Van, Stan Van Gundy was exactly the guy to maximize the play from those kind of guys, but we know sure. Dwayne Casey is the kind of guy who will bring you every ounce of effort he can from his bench. He he's that rare coach that, like, when you think of him at first, you think, oh yeah, he's a, he's a coach that coaches veterans, along the Van Gundy, Thibodeau mold, mm-hmm. the guy that doesn't have a lot of time for rookies, but Casey. Like makes time for everybody, and I think that's what's unique about him. That's how he. That's how his teams win so many games. That's how Toronto's been. They've been a good mix of vets, and then they had a couple of young guys last year, like Ananobi, Van Vliet, those guys that really hadn't proven themselves totally yet. Um, and he maximized their their abilities, their talents, and their efforts. So I think yeah. that was a, that's a good point. I'm interested to see. I think that's what, what makes Casey unique, uh, and what what can he can really help Detroit with. That'll be that'll be cool to watch. Uh, so over, firm, firm over on Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to the Miami Heat, forty-two and a half. This is also interesting and could change based on results that might be coming later from transactional purposes. But as of right now, forty-two and a half for the Miami Heat. Um, it's an unpopular pick, probably. I'm going to take the under. I think they win mm-hmm. like 40, 41 games this year. They might still scrape into the playoffs, but. They won 44 last year, and I believe in Spo, but I think this team, I think they're going to kind of get tired of playing with the same guys they've got. Mm. And I think this team's just kind of, they're going to run out of steam. I mean, they had that amazing run two seasons ago where they went, what, 30 and 11 to close the season. Yeah. Last year they were up and down. You get Dion Waiters back, but I don't know if we're going to get the same Neon Dion that we had before. He's looking a little tubby in the photos. Um, oh yeah, he's he's an RFD candidate as well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. am not confident in Miami this year. I think Gordon Dragic's gonna say, start getting old. I'll say it. Yeah, I'll say a a very slight slight under about forty one five hundred seems about right for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're they're strapped for cash, which is what makes it even harder. Um, to improve it, yeah, you can see them so. to start dumping some salaries and kind of throwing this year away. Yeah, that's what I think could be a possibility. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy call. I think the one of the more interesting teams in the league, by no design other than their own, <laughs> by their is, uh, is the Washington is the Washington Wizards, um, just a a volcano you could say of personalities on that squad from top to bottom. Uh, what are you taking for the Wizards? Forty-five over under. Dude, I'm taking the over. Wow. I'm Washington. I'm taking the You're over. A believer. Not even that. I just I look at the roster. It's the same thing. I look at the roster last year. They won forty-three. Look at the roster this year. They got forty-five. And I think they can do it. I know Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers are nobody's favorite players, unless you're <laughs> Doc Rivers, and but those guys are valuable players to an extent 
And I think, yeah. and I mean, another thing for me is John Wall. He came in very underprepared last season. He was dinged up. Uh, he was planning on playing himself into shape, but because of his injuries, that never really happened. And we know John Wall has been working out this summer, uh, even though he looked like he had not in his Team USA photo. But I think... He's also rocking the cornrows this year. That mm-hmm. is an automatic three wins added to <laughs> yep. the Added to the total. Record. I mean, if you're adding three wins to 43, that's 46, which is higher mm-hmm. than 45. I'm you're taking correct. the over. All right, I'm taking a slight slight under. I'm saying 44. Um, I'm. It'll be. I think the storyline, the main, the main factor will be how does how do they get along? And um, obviously, Wall and Bradley Beal have not always had the greatest relationship in the backcourt, uh, but they they have a a good like top seven. Mm-hmm. They have one. Of, they've always had one of the better top sevens in the league. Um, and they 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 just have mercurial personalities Yeah. Um, when it comes to Wall and Beal and Markeith Morris and now Dwight Howard. Um, there's, it's a, there's a great stat uh, I saw on Twitter the other day that said that um, every team that Dwight Howard's been on since, I think, 2012 has, uh, has not has underwhelmed in their, on their over-under mark. They've, they've hit the under every oh. time. Um, Maybe I need to so, rethink this then. I'm in, I'm interested to see how that works. Howard is uh, currently rehabbing a back injury, I believe, so he won't be ready for the start of the season. I don't think, mm-hmm. but uh, um, if, he, if he is then. if he is true to <laughs> if he is true to his word about starting to sh- to extend his range to three point land, uh, maybe we're seeing something new and something that could kind of make 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 some buzz in the Eastern Conference. But I, I'm taking a slight slight under on the Wizards, uh, simply because. Uh, there's no way they like each other. Mm-hmm. They are also a candidate for uh, f- players only meeting two weeks into the season. Yeah, I think they could uh, be the first ones to have that meeting, or they could. I could see it being a very Wizards thing where they start out and win. I don't know, twelve of their first fifteen, and sure. then combust after there and have their players only meeting a few months in. But yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that players <clears> only meeting eventually evolves into. Uh, a fight club scenario. Yeah, I know we're doing uh, odds on the over-under right now. Are there odds on how soon they have their players meeting yet? I'm saying within the first week or the first two weeks. Within the first two weeks, it's, first it's, favored two weeks? For, it's favored for sure. I'm going to sure. say I'm going to say we get it before the month of December is over. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <clears throat> Indiana Pacers. 48 wins for their over-under. They won 48 last year, were very unexpected, jumped into that five spot. Um, but what, what are you thinking on the Pacers this, this year? This is really difficult because I, I would have pegged them to win like exactly 48 games <laughs> again. And I think they're going to be a little bit better. And I think Ooh. the reason that is they get a little bit more time to gel with each other and... Uh, they play Cleveland a couple times a year in that central division, and yeah. Cleveland got worse. So I think, honestly, they can pick up two more games against Cleveland than they did last year, maybe. True. And that's the difference for me there. Okay, okay. I'm taking a slight under. I'm going to say they're going to win about 46 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the whole East is going to be a couple wins less be, just because Boston's going to be so amazing, and we'll get to them later. Sure. Um, but... Uh, I'm taking just a little bit under. I like Miles Turner a lot. I hope he takes a bigger step this year. Oladipo is obviously the Oladipo that we saw last year. That's him now. Um, and they've got plenty of shooting around them. And, I mean, I, I, I just hope they can kind of redo ex- kind of exactly what they, what they did last year. And they, but the thing is, they won't be able to surprise anybody anymore. Yeah. Uh, you saw what Cleveland did in the playoffs against Oladipo, trapping ball screens, blitzing him, and that and that paid off. So I'm I'm interested to see how uh, they how they adjust to those kinds of situations with the ball in in Victor's hands all the time. But uh, I'll I'll take the a slight under about 46 I mean, wins. Miles Turner, for Indiana workout alert though. I mean we could be seeing a couple steps forward, and if Miles Turner can turn that corner, suddenly more people than Oladipo can score. So. Agreed. 
Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, it's a shade more than 48. They're at 48 and a half, which is another, I think, very, very... Yeah, another tricky one. Interesting one. I'm going to take the over. Whoa. I think... You think they... So so I mean, what what's what's the my reasoning or what is the fact is really really the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You go from a combination of Jason Kidd who was fun but not really head coach material and then um who's that was that Joe Prunty? Joe Prunty. They just kind of weekend at Bernie's it for the whole season with him. <laughs> I'm not convinced he's a real person. And like Mike Budenholzer the bar has been set so low for coaching this team. I think yeah. we can get we can get Bud in there, and suddenly they're going to be like, "Oh, we're supposed to switch on defense." Okay, we can do that now, and then it'll be like the offensive strategy is more than just Giannis getting the paint. So, I mean, four and a half wins up from last year. I think I think that'd be pretty. Feasible. I'm going to take the over, not by a lot. I think they could be about 50 wins. From You're convincing me. You're convincing me as well. And I'm going to add that my uh, my hot take prediction. So far, my first hot take prediction of the year is that Chris Middleton makes the All Star All Star team. Oh! Um, I'm, I'm going to go out and, Whoa. and say that. I also think Giannis finishes top five in MVP voting. I think that's if easy he, if he does not win For it. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Middleton. He apparently the Bucks called on the walls and were like, "Hey, keep us in the loop uh, about Butler." And if oh, really? I don't think they do it, but I, if they if we they, they, we can pull the trigger on Middleton, mm-hmm. I think that is an absolute deal that you take. Um, I think Middleton is is one of my one of my another one of my favorite players in the league. Sure, um, he he's very very fun to watch. Such a good shooter, has great range, steps up in big moments. Uh, I'm excited for the Bucks. I think I, I agree. Their coaching is going to be just. A step higher than it was ever was before. They're gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna be gonna be like a, like being shown the, a new world, kind of thing, straight out of Aladdin. Aladdin, just expanded knowledge, expanded uh, horizons for that team. I, I'm, I'm taking the over as well. You convinced me. That that team won 44 games last year on talent alone, and yeah. for coaching, I mean, when the bar is on the floor, all you have to do is step over it. So. I like Milwaukee a lot this year. I think Eric right. Bledsoe might want to be there if Budenholzer is a good you, coach. You, yeah, does he? I wonder if that's There's a that, chance that, that Eric Bledsoe will want to be there. Interesting. Uh, ooh, who, who's the bet for first person to say, I don't want to be here this year on any team? I don't think we're going to get a very specific, I don't want to be here. Um, Jimmy Butler's who already said it. Who would you put your it. money on? Who, yeah, yeah. Who would you put your money on for, <laughs> for another person? Ricky, um, I, okay, here, the first thing that came to mind, I don't think it would take a whole lot for Aaron Gordon to say, I don't want to be here. Mm, okay, that's um, fair. Other than that, I feel like Reggie Jackson has only ever said, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know who my hot take is? Yeah. I think I think it's John Wall or Damian Lillard. Really? I could see it from Wall. I don't think I can see it from Lillard. I think he's too yeah, attached Lillard's to Portland. Kind of, Lillard's, yeah, he's attached to Portland. He's bought in, I think. Um, what about the entire Sacramento Kings roster? Mm, I think those guys are just happy to be playing basketball. So Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. Um, all right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll stay uh, informed on that. That... Uh, those betting odds as well. Uh, three teams left. Philadelphia 76ers, 54 and a half. What are you taking for them? Taking the under. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. But even if you throw Markel Fultz healthy, maybe he's shooting. Ben Simmons showed us in the first preseason game that he's not shooting still. And I think last season they got more out of Embiid than anyone was counting on. I think he's sure. going to miss more games this year. And uh, I also think that they lose Bellinelli and Ilyasova. I mean, they, that team has no shooting. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm taking it under. I'm taking about 51 or 52. Um, yeah, I, there's no way the injuries don't catch up to them this year mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, I I watched a little bit of their game last night against Melbourne. Uh, obviously not much of a benchmark to go off of, especially in the first game of the preseason. But um, Fultz looked comfortable. Yeah, and which is encouraging. That, it is encouraging. Um, I and I I don't know what to expect of him this year. I don't know what what anyone anyone expects of him this year. But if he can kind of show that he can uh, be a fillable, be a, a guy who can fill a spot and and do some damage somehow uh, in some unexpected ways, I think that'll that'll be a positive for them. Uh, I'm taking the under as well. Uh, your Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard, newly minted with one of the more awkward laughs in uh, no, human that history. Is, that is the most awkward laugh. Um, 55 for their over-under. They won 59 last year, but Dwayne Casey obviously is gone, and DeMar DeRozan is gone, but Kawhi Leonard is in. What are you taking? I am going to take the under. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they hit the over, um, but I, I think they'll win probably... 51 to 53 games this year okay. would be my guess. I think Kawhi will take a little bit of time to mesh. I'm thinking Danny Green is just a Spurs system guy. Mm-hmm. I don't have any – I mean, you watch other guys like when Gary Neal left the Spurs and suddenly sure. was like, oh, does this guy even play basketball? I think we could potentially see that from Danny Green. Um, and – I mean, other than that, the Nick Nurse, Dwayne Casey change, I don't I think there's a whole lot. I, I agree that Nick Nurse is head coaching material, but I don't think that's enough of a change from Dwayne Casey's system to really get them out there anywhere. Mm-hmm. And other than that, um, I don't know if Kyle Lowry wants to be there. I've seen some rumblings that he He could is, be another I don't want to be that's, here guy. Yeah, that's another thing that just came to mind. Kyle Lowry, his best bud, DeMar DeRozan, got shipped out. And I don't know if Kyle Lowry's going to have as much fun playing with Kawhi Leonard just because whenever he cracks a joke, that noise comes out of Kawhi. <laughs> Good call. Uh, I'm taking the under as well. I don't know if they crack 50 this year. Really? Um, their bench is still very, very good, and I'm, I hope they don't trade for – I don't hope they don't bl- break the bank for Jimmy Butler because mm-hmm. that's been rumored as well. Um, but – I don't know. I, I feel like last year they got they just got the best out of everybody in the regular season. Yeah. Like the absolute best. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen again this year. I don't think it's sustainable. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say about 50 is, is probably where I'd put them. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I, I just don't know what to expect of Kawhi um, at all. Not not just even physically on the court. Um, I, have, I didn't watch any of their preseason game tonight. But I will be watching closely as the, that goes on. But yeah. I'm just not sure I trust him. I won't be able to trust him until I see it again. Mm-hmm. So um, until then, we'll see. Uh, and then one more team. The loaded, loaded, loaded Boston Celtics, 59 and a half. I think this is a pretty easy take. I'm taking the over. Absolutely. I can see a world where Boston is the best team in the Eastern Conference by 10 wins. I can see a world where they win 70 games this year. I mean, that's maybe a little bit hot, but I also could see it happening. I could see them ripping off just an enormous win streak. I mean, last year they had, they, what did they win last year? 17 in a row? Yeah, yeah, something around there. And they could do that no problem this year. They are, they are, they have weapons everywhere. They Their first three bench guys are starter, like, starter level players on other good teams. Seems not fair. It's not. I love it. Me too. I, I'm excited to see um how how they do this year. I think they're just they're just fun to watch. Um and obviously Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA. They are. Yeah. Uh, they're very fun. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to watching how they how they how they do all year. Um yeah, I'm taking the over as well. I I'm saying yeah, I think it's comfortable to say they win 63 at least this year. If they're if they stay healthy, obviously. But even then, they showed last year that they don't have to be healthy to play that well. Um and I don't think Jason Tatum's hitting a wall this year. No. 
I I think he's too good of a he's too good of an offensive talent to to do that. Um, no matter no matter how they game plan him. I mean, they only have to give him 15 shots a night for him to hit double digit points. Exactly. 20 points on 15 shots. It'd be easy. I mean, the same thing. Yeah. Gordon Hayward's crazy efficient. Jalen Brown is pretty efficient, and I mean, the offensive role is even lessened on him now, which I feel like will make him better. Kyrie Irving is one of, if not the most unstoppable scorer in the NBA. Like, this team's unbelievable, and that's not even factoring in the fact that they were the best defense in the league last year. I'm very, very excited to watch that Boston Celtics team. They will be on national TV probably a lot, so you'll have plenty of opportunity. Um that rounds out all of our over-unders. Didn't take as long as I thought it would. We are just over well, an we hour agreed too into, much. into recording this. What did, what did we um, fight on? Did we we disagreed on Brooklyn? Was there anybody else? Yep, Brooklyn, um, uh, Indiana, I think we disagreed on. That's right. Um, we disagreed on Toronto. No, we both took or, the under we, on no, Toronto. Just Yeah, just not as drastically. Um, what else? We disagreed on, on Washington. Okay. Washington I guess well. we did disagree a little bit. So there were a few. The East um, is too bad. It is. It is, and I, I cannot wait until our West Pod, which hopefully will be coming. We haven't even talked about this. Hopefully, it'll be coming within the next week or two, um, and we'll take that, take care of that, and get those out there for all of your basketball preview needs, uh, all leading up to the start of the season in mid October. Uh, but until then, more preseason to follow along to, um, and maybe some answers in the Jimmy Butler saga which we might be able to answer by the time we record our next episode. I sure hope so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's all we've got for today. Um, Josh, you want to plug anything that you're working on, anything big coming up for you? Um, not really. Not a lot going on. Um, stay tuned to my social media feed if you want to find out more of what's happening in, in Queens, New York City. Um, and uh, that, that, that uh, social media feed is, can be found where? Uh, Twitter.com. It's a, it's a free website. Oh. And you can find me at Josh Towner for real, the number four. Uh, yes, it is awesome. based off of the movie Pop Star. Don't at me about that. I, I thought, it, I, I actually, I've never, I never knew that. I, I thought it was based off of uh, Kevin Hart's Twitter account where it's Kevin Hart for real. Oh, did he do that too? He, he did that too. I yeah. bet you he was on Twitter first too. Yeah, right, I wouldn't well, be based like on the number of followers that you've got. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, All seventy-three of them hanging in there. <laughs> awesome, th- awesome, good to hear. Uh, and f- as for me, if you want to follow anything I do, follow all my high school basketball coverage at Jared NHR on Twitter, um, and then I'll plug every once in a while some of my Bethel University Clarion stuff on there as well. But uh, and then my personal Twitter, if you're ever interested in following my soft tweets, those will be found at at jar underscore head 88 on Twitter. So make sure to stay tuned for all the stuff we're working on. And then also for more episodes of the Marty Party Podcast, hopefully we'll get back to the swing of things with the NBA season right around the corner and just basketball in general. But uh, Josh, again, thank you for coming on, talking basketball yeah, with thank me. Thank you for having gets, me. gets me excited. Uh, preseason's underway. The season's just about around the corner. Good to get back get the juices flowing again get thinking about these things uh thanks for coming out man yeah thank you for having me and that will do it for the marty party podcast recording from maple grove minnesota we will see you down the road